As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. And for this Cubs podcast, that's what On to Waveland is, of course you know, we have a perfectly appropriate Topps Project 70 card to discuss today because it just dropped today. It's the Ryan Sandberg card. Have you guys had a chance to check it out? I'm Brett Taylor, by the way. That's the Hot of Sharma, Patrick Mooney. I'm, I'm totally putting you guys on the spot, but have you checked out the card yet? I, I have. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty into uh, collecting cards again the past year. Uh, my son and I have gotten back into it, and I got super into the Tops Project 2020 from last year, and this year's Project 70. I've, I've, uh, I've picked up a few of them, and the 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 one that they have out uh, with Ryan Sandberg is uh, the artist is, is kind of focused on, like, uh, error cards, kind of, so he's creating his own error cards, and if you look at the Sandberg one, it's like a mixture of, like, three different three different tops samberg cards like 89 85 and and some other year but it's if you're into especially if you're into nostalgia his his brands bobby hundreds will will uh you know bring back a lot of memories if you remember collecting cards from the 80s and 90s and it's just fun like overall the artists that they have and and everything that they have has been really fun to kind of uh, look at look at the different uh, ideas that these artists come up with and, and how they interpret different things and have fun with the players. Yeah, my my son also has gotten into baseball cards. It's cool to open them now and see people like, you know, Jim Deshays or like Dave Martinez <laughs> or Randy Bush be like, wait, I know these people now. And uh, it's been similar. Is your son is your son impressed? Is he like, wow, my dad is cool. Well, or is he like, dad, get over it. He kind of knows Jim Deshays now from TV. And then, uh, but yeah, seeing Ryan Sandberg now uh, around the ballpark, I think is, is pretty cool. I know he um has a has a lot to offer on on the broadcasts and uh just as this kind of comes cubs ambassador role uh i think it's it's pretty cool to uh see him you know back in in the fold with the cubs yeah i and i'll i'll tease people to encourage them to check out the card uh over at 
tops, uh, you know, like after you listen to the podcast or concurrent with listening to the podcast, don't ditch us. Really. I, maybe I should. I don't know. Is, is it is it more valuable for me to say, like, totally ditch us, go check out the card <laughs> or like listen to us and then go get the card. But in any case, my tease is this. When I'm looking at this card. So like Sahadev said, it's a blend of several eras of um, tops cards to kind of create an error print. And I count four. I believe there's four discernible ones that were like right in my bread and butter of when I was collecting. Uh, but it's possible there's five. So check that out. Give it a look for yourself and see what you can pick up. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll get into some more uh, current Cubs related stuff. The Cubs are in the heart of a four gamer against the Mets in New York against the meat of the rotation. You know, we knew for a long time that this was part of the stretch was going to be difficult for the offense. It's going to be difficult for the pitching as particularly as the starting pitching is not going super deep into games which leaves the bullpen increasingly exposed uh the rotation has also suffered some injuries which has caused some fill-ins you know it it's a i don't want to call it the perfect storm but it's it is a confluence of a lot of difficult things that i am not saying are entirely at the heart of the Cubs dropping the first three games of this Met series. But I mean, certainly it hasn't been an easy path for them. And I think just as we would have said back when that giant series was happening, the Cubs dropped three in a row to start it on the road. But even after the Cubs, for example, swept the Cardinals and Mooney and I were talking earlier in the week, you we're not still not to the point where we're taking any of these individual series or individual stretches of three games, positive or negative and saying, this has determined what the Cubs are going to do. And, you know, I want to put this to you guys. Cause I'm curious. I bet I'm not alone in this, but I've been trying to articulate it. I think what has happened over the past month and a half with the Cubs staying competitive is it didn't flip the switch in one direction or the other definite buyer definite seller whatever it made selling less likely but it didn't it it hasn't really landed anywhere yet but what it did take off the table for better or worse was the ability for the front office to know for sure by mid-june that they were going to be selling so that they could start that process and so I'm, i'm not saying that's a bad thing but it is a change and does like, is that a problem? Is it forestalling anything or does it not matter? Because we know the market's not going to pick up till July anyway. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that we kind of knew that coming into this month, right? It was, it, it, I feel like, you know, we've been talking about them as buyers for a little bit. So just the idea of them selling has kind of been pushed pushed out of our minds. At least for me, I haven't been thinking much about them selling lately. So yeah, that's, I guess it's an issue in the, like they, they don't, didn't Jed kind of address this in the sense that he, you know, how do you handle your scouting allocation when you don't know what direction you're going or it feels like, oh, this was like kind of early on when they were turning it around, right? He was like, yeah, it, it causes a little bit of a conundrum as far as where do I want scouts and how do you kind of allocate the, those uh, those people and, and, and send them and, and who are we watching? But uh, in the long run, you should know kind of the grand scheme of things. You should know what you want to do either way. You should know have a good sense of the market either way, whether you're buyers or sellers. You should have a pretty good idea of which how you're going to execute that no matter whether they're they start winning again or they just completely collapse right so so just to to interject you would say 
the Cubs are likely developing those paths right now and have been concurrently. And it's, it's like there's there are folks working on the sell path and there are folks working on the buy path. And you just make sure you have both of those fully like fully yeah. fleshed out so that you can act upon it in the best possible way when the time comes to do so. Yeah, I, I think in general, you you have a lot of different paths laid out for you, whether it's the off season, middle of the season, how you want to go forward in any way you should have. If you're just if, if you're not planned planning these things out, I think that's that's a you know lack of preparation. Uh, you think that, the pirates are rare. developed? You think the pirates are <laughs> developing a, a by well, path they, right now? OK, yeah. Concurrent. So, uh, there, there's certain certain teams that may not. But I mean, remember, let's just uh, touch on uh, the pitcher that the Cubs are about to face. Uh, the Mets weren't supposed to be buyers at the 2019 deadline. Right. And they they brought in Marcus Stroman when they were viewed as kind of at best in the middle, uh, like in this weird space uh, of like, do we buy, do we sell? And it felt like at the time, if I, if I'm remembering 2019 correctly, when they got Stroman, they were not, they, they looked like they should be sellers. Right. And I think that was when uh, Brody was there, uh, was their GM. And, and he basically said, you know, this is a move for the future, right? It wasn't a move for, 2019 they kind of got back in the race and if you remember correctly the Cubs are the team that kind of knocked them down back to earth and kind of sent them out of the race by sweeping them in August I believe so so it was uh, so you know you can kind of do both if you want not that the not that the Cubs are in that situation at the moment at least I think they're still I think it comes back to what we've been saying for a while now we saw this coming we saw this coming I tried to prepare myself and and the fans for this over the weekend with just what this week had laid out. The pitching is just not in a good situation right now, and we knew that. We knew that coming into this series. And then what I wrote about this morning was just the offense is a mess. And, and like, <laughs> I mean, if your starting pitching is is kind of in shambles in a sense, and and your your offense is in a rut that we've seen before, I don't know how we can expect them to to do much better than what they've kind of done the last three games. I think it's pretty clear that selling was pushed off the table and that I got to think their their focus right now is on, you know, whether it's catching depth or figuring out this pitching staff, dealing with the sticky stuff fallout. I mean, I I don't, well, I mean, I this front office has been decimated by layoffs. Jed doesn't have a GM. <laughs> I don't think there's people in there being like, you know, looking at the, uh, you know, well, beyond looking at the Red Sox farm system because they're obsessed with it, but thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to need uh, Chris Bryant or something like that. Like, I, well, they don't have the bandwidth to do that right now, right? Well, I mean, well, I want to, I just want to not, not like um, push back on you, but like, soften i guess around the edges of that because i think you would agree if if the cubs were to drop 10 of the next 12 you know or something and fall behind, you know for them which is not necessarily likely but i mean it's still it's only june 17th which we we had been often pointing to as a predicate for why they could still be competitive and and sure enough they pulled up to they're just still tied atop the NL central standings and i do not believe they want to punt this season in a sell mode but i because i get this a lot from uh readers and and other cubs fans so i just i try to soften with the idea that it is still possible 
that things could totally go to shit and they would they would sell. But I, the point you're making is I'd agree with you on that. But yeah, and your point more is it, they're not in a great place though. Like they do have to kind of focus more on one lane or the other, um, just institutionally because of the state of things. And right now, obviously, that would be on the buy side. And I think probably too the reality of if if they're going to buy here's here's how I'll I'll add to that too if the cubs are going to be buyers and I've said this before I could see them being buyers very soon trying I mean the market's not developed yet but I could see them trying to buy very soon I could not see them trying to sell very soon I think if they I think they're going to take it all the way up to the deadline if they were going to say damn it can't get any of these guys extended don't love our chances in in free agency with them and don't love our chances to be legitimately competitive in the second half if we stay together but that's a Ju- you know that's a July 27 8 9 30 yeah. decision the short term i think it, it's clear what it's what patrick said they they need a, another backup catcher they need any type of pitching depth which just you know right now it's probably not realistic to get someone that's going to impact the team in, in a real positive fashion but when you're throwing Robert Stock out there, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not ripping Robert Stock. I, I think maybe maybe they can find value in him as a reliever, but I think it was pretty clear that what and he admitted it, and and Ross kind of alluded to it before the game. Uh, there, it's there's a big difference between AAA and and the big leagues, especially the way he pitches. Uh, guys aren't going to chase as much up in the zone, and and when you're not, cl- you better be hitting the top of that zone. You can't have it four or five inches above. You better, or at least if you if you are four or five inches above, you better be able to have something that that teases them to to make them think that's dropping in the zone, right? Uh, it it just he doesn't have right now what what he showed yesterday was not not something you can survive for multiple innings in the big leagues. And, and I, uh, I mean, we can talk about, we don't, uh, I think Brett uh, <laughs> had some thoughts on, on him going that fourth inning. And, <laughs> and I don't, I don't disagree with the, uh, with you uh, very strongly at all on that because it was, but I also kind of see where Ross is coming from. It's just a mess right now that he's dealing with. He, he's trying to push certain guys in certain situations, but he's also trying to win games, so he has to pull guys at certain points. It's a, it's a really difficult situation to deal with on the pitching side, especially because there's just no way to really build that depth in the middle of the season in June. And it's going and when every team is dealing with it, when we're going to start seeing fallout of the of the sticky stuff situation and we're not going to know like these next six weeks you need to evaluate too as well and and you kind of have to and i think uh i I don't even remember who said it maybe it was ross maybe it was someone else that we were talking to yesterday but essentially yeah the, the front offices are going to have to look at these these next six weeks a little differently than the first uh few months of the season when they evaluate trade targets the you're going to have to pay attention. Well, who did change, and, and how did the results change, and and what's you know what can we expect from this pitcher or that pitcher, and 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 what type of impact are they going to have? And it's it's just a really we're in a really weird place, not just with the Cubs, but in baseball in general. I feel like in starting pitching is going to be hard to get every. I mean, I guess tell me which team that's in contention doesn't need starting pitching. Because that list is likely much shorter than the ones that do, so it's just going to be a weird uh, next six weeks. Or, yeah, right, six weeks for the Cubs here, especially, and and uh, you know they have so many little needs and and one major red flag that's 
that's really impeding their ability to uh, maximize their strength, which is their their bullpen. Yeah, I think they've just built up enough equity to where we can talk about the schedule in these different kind of stretches, and Ross can acknowledge that you know I, I can't just wear down this bullpen. That there are going to be nights that they kind of punt, and you know that uh, is you know not really what we're used to hearing because in Chicago every game is treated like it's the NFL but you know they've built up enough to where they won't be judged off if they get swept here in New York or if they lose 3 or 4 i mean it was only a couple of days ago when Brett and I were talking about this you know you know great sweep uh at Wrigley and i don't think the contours have changed that much. I mean, I don't see anyone else running away in the division. Uh, while there are clear red flags about the Cubs, I don't think it's logical to expect them to just completely collapse. There are these reinforcements coming eventually off the injured list. And, you know, if Crane's going to go on the flagship radio station saying finances will not be an issue, um, then they should follow through on that. And go fix this team. I mean, how many times do you have like an iconic group of players? That's what Jed calls them, iconic Cubs. And when you're in first place uh, and a really surprising season and a summer where everyone's going to want to get outside and go to Wrigley Field and enjoy, you know, a normal baseball season again. I mean, you got to put your foot on the accelerator here and that doesn't necessarily mean trading for Max Scherzer, but there's a lot of different ways they can get better. And maybe it only just costs their money, which fans have given them, whether the Cubs are really, really good or really, really bad. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, uh, so Mooney, that was all just spot on what you said about where the Cubs are right now. I mean, that was just, uh, folks. Here's here's me. Click, flip back. You know, forty five, fifty seconds or whatever. Listen to that again, and just assume that Sahadev and I were both like, "Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, go in," because that was good. Uh, and I think that what it is going to be interesting. What's what's tricky is for as correct as all that is. If the market does not develop until, you know, if, if it's a situation where every team needs pitching and and then you see an NL Central that kind of homogenizes a bit more and comes back, which I think it is, it's already in the process, but I think it could more, you just have maybe more and more disinclination for teams to sell early and others to buy early. And so like the Cubs are probably, they may not have a choice, but to try to keep their head above water 
with respect to the rotation and keeping the bullpen healthy uh, until late July. Like they just may not, they, they may be wholly aware, like, yes, we want to spend, we want to buy in, we want to s- support this team in the last run of having these guys under control. But shit, nobody is available. There is nothing out there. And and I, you know, I acknowledge that. And I also acknowledge that at a, I'm going to borrow from, so uh, Will Omen, the former Cubs and White Sox reliever, he he wasn't like ripping me or anything, but he was replying to the article that I wrote that Sahadev alluded to about the fourth inning in the Cubs Wednesday loss where Robert Stock went back out there when I don't think he should have, and then he stayed in when I don't think he should have, and his velocity was dropping, his control went to zero, there's nobody up even in the bullpen. I won't belabor it. I wrote like 2,100 words on it. You can read it at BleacherNation.com if you want the belabored version. But, you know, Will Oman made the, the good point that reinforced what David Ross said, which I completely agree with, that you have to look at these things in at a macro level. You know, you have to think about the bullpen as, as a whole thing that you have to protect. And you, you're always making different gradations of decisions on like, okay, how much can we push in this game? How much in that game? Now, at a micro level, I think there was a really easy, better way to handle it in last night's game in particular. But I will leave that to my article and instead just make the point that we are very much at that precipice level now where the Cubs bullpen has been so good, but so used that as the rotation gets even more challenged, the bullpen gets even more exposed. And like, we're there now where I'm, I'm a little worried that guys maybe are getting ground down. We are, as Sahadev correctly noted, we're at this inflection point in the sticky stuff world, which I'm not that is not me saying, oh my God, the Cubs have so many relievers that are using sticky stuff and now they can't. It's that I just think that there's probably some guys that are having to adjust. I think that's just a reality on every team. And if that's coming at the same time when the, the bullpen is already kind of getting that midseason wear down, guys are grinding. Remember, we're coming off a short season. There's Who knows how that's going to manifest itself. Um, I am just, I'm so concerned about the pitching over the next month and none of that is to say anything over what the offense has been over the last month. Ah, I pulled a little switcheroo on you listeners who thought I was just going to continue getting into how down we are in the pitching. But instead, no, I'm setting up a discussion on how uh, the offense has not only been not quite what we would want to see over the past month, but in 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 both in what context and character it has been a different looking offense than what we had come to see when everybody was healthy. And uh, yeah, what do we make of that? This has become a, a, a Homer reliant team. That was the only runs they got last night once again. And it's not a very pretty offense. Yeah. They're pushing on about 70% of their runs since led uh, the start of that San Diego sweep at home, I believe. Since that point, about 70% of their runs are by the homer. That's not that's not sustainable way to win. Uh, they're batting about 196. Uh, they're walking uh, like 6-point-something, 5% rate, which is among the bottom five in baseball. Uh, they're striking out more than anyone in baseball. Their contact is, uh, I believe, 30th in baseball during that span. All these things, all, all these numbers... Uh, batting average singles doubles the only thing they're doing well the only reason they have wins during that stretch is because they're hitting a bunch of homers so the homers are good i'm not saying that oh don't hit homers <laughs> it's it's you gotta either take a bunch of walks with them or you gotta up that batting average about 50 
50 points. And, and it's not – this just isn't working right now. And it was uh, – I think what I take away right now, what I'm taking away is we talk so much about the pitching. We talk about – and now we're talking about the offense. This is not a team that's playing very well as far as – forget wins and losses – just as a team, they're not playing very well. Things aren't going well. They're not getting blown out, but it's really hard to win games. And the fact that they've won a bunch of games already in June and they've, they've uh, banked some wins is huge because these losses were inevitable unless something changed with the way they were playing. They weren't playing well. They were getting wins. You take that and run and hope that they steal a few uh, the Marlins come into town uh, this weekend. That's that's not uh, on paper. It doesn't look like a tough series, but they have two really tough pitchers that are going to go. Uh, you have to hope that you shut down their offense. That's what they have to hope and that their offense can uh, and that the Cubs offense can scratch a few across because it's going to be a tough. It's just going to be a tough rest of the month. I think it's Marlins pitching, then Dodgers pitching, then or no, Cleveland pitching, Dodgers pitching, Milwaukee pitching. That's all tough pitchers. It's going to be maybe one or two of those pitchers are like, okay, that's a bit of a breather. But really, it's just going to be a, a, the top schedule we expected. It's about kind of treading water, finding ways to to get through it. And, and when people say ah, this is the offense that we all knew they were, I mean, come on. The reason this changed is because the personnel changed. The personnel changed in May. We, Patrick and I have written it. Brett's written it. We, we saw the impact Nico Horner and Matt Duffy had on this lineup. It's not – yes, it's only two players, but they're so vastly different than the rest of this offense that it made a significant impact. That and the fact that Bryant has not been good for the entirety of June. He's been bad. Uh, Javi's been bad and banged up. Wilson Contreras has seen his OPS drop about 40, 50 points in June. Uh, Rizzo is fine, but not carrying. And and the guy that is carrying your offense, Patrick Wisdom, is a homer-reliant guy, right? So it's just, it, it's not working right now. And so I, I think you have to wet, this is not to say that the Cubs are bad or that they're going to sink and and and, and that they're going to fall off out of it or that they're not good enough to win games or compete. It's that they have to weather this storm that we all saw coming. And I, I, I keep reminding fans that, and I think it's really important because fans, Patrick said it, fans like to, <laughs> we love to react to every game. And I get it. These games recently have been ugly as all hell on the Cubs side. So, so it's fine. Vent day to day if you need to, but also don't forget the grand scheme of things that we saw this coming. We knew it was going to be difficult. They're banged up in some very key areas. And, and we already knew the starting pitching wasn't good enough and, and needed to be upgraded. So now it's just, this is what we saw coming and it, and it's, and, and it's happening, but we're in the midst of it and it's really tough for the Cubs and it's going to, it's not easing up for a couple weeks at least, but, but I'll say this, they make it through this. It's going to be a lot easier the rest of the season. So you have to make it through this and try and stay. I'm not saying they have to stay in first place. They're lucky the Cardinals and, and Brewers haven't been running away with this. But they need to stay within shouting distance. And then things should get easier as long as they get healthy and can add some pitching. It's hot. I think someone might have responded to you on Twitter, like making that point. Or you responded to a fan, like just this idea that the back half is going to be easier and i mean coming out of the all-star break if they're making decisions i mean two of the first three series are against the diamondbacks uh the hardest part of the nl west will be over with two series against the rockies 
in August. They get the Twins in like August, September. These are teams that whatever kind of remaining assets they have, you know, will be kind of out the door here. And you would, um, you know, there's plenty of games left against the Brewers and Cardinals that will be determinative. And, um, you know, you get some guys healthy. You make some, uh, you know, reinvestments in the team. I mean, they've they've earned this point here to where they can kind of take the long view and not overreact and not feel like it was in April when everyone was like, oh, my God, they're going to sell. And it's like, you know, 13 games into the season. Yeah, I think all of that is well taken. And I think that um, part of the part of being returned to the 162 mindset is the reminder that um, a 20 day stretch, you know, is not that long against the 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 even against the backdrop of just the first half of the season, not even the whole season. And so sometimes you're going to run into a 20 day or 30 day even stretch where you've got the confluence as the Cubs do now of a lot of positional injuries that are really, really changed the dynamic of the lineup. A lot of pitching uh, absences, uh, you know, Albert Azulay missing a start or two is, is a real bummer. Trevor Williams being out is a bummer. They're having to fill in for that all at the same time that they are facing the toughest part of their schedule, a big long stretch against a lot of really good teams. And it just seems like they are not missing any of the best pitchers that they could be facing from these teams. And that's happening all at the same time that uh, for one example, the Brewers are playing easily the softest stretch in their schedule. And so I think that you keep that in mind and that's going to be really important context to have if in two weeks from now or so the Cubs have fallen back three or four games. That does that doesn't close the door on anything. Or it shouldn't, you know, it should be more about okay, how do we feel like this team's performing? How can we project them? Et cetera, et cetera. Because it's going to get tougher for the Brewers. Cubs are going to get healthier, God willing, and their schedule is going to soften up. So all well taken. And I think that's that's actually for me a really good place to leave it as we think about the end of this Met series. Maybe the Cubs can salvage one with Kyle Hendricks on the mound tonight. And if not, they head home. They have boy, their record at home is still kick ass this year. So um, maybe better uh, better weather, so to speak, there in Chicago against the Marlins this weekend. Uh, I'll be there in the bleachers, by the way, on Friday. So for my, it's, I finally get to go back to like the full on effect. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, anyway, I'm Brett Taylor. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. As always, get their stuff at The Athletic. Make sure you are rating, reviewing, subscribing to Onto Waveland. And get us wherever you get your podcasts. And email us if you got comments, questions, anything you want to hit us up with a little more directly than a tweet. You can send us an email at wavelandathletic at gmail.com. So thank you all. Take care. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back at you next week. 